welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family. And we are so delighted that you've welcomed us into your home. We know what a privilege it is to be there. And, you know, we would love to hear from you. So send us an email with a question or a comment to Jim and Joy at EWTN. Com. And today, our guest again is Greg Mayo. He is an author and a speaker who has written an incredibly important book on the impact that abortion has on men in our culture. And he, the title of the book is Almost Daddy, The Forgotten Story. And you could go to his <coughs> website, almostdaddy.com. And we certainly had a great conversation with him yesterday, just uh, him revealing um, to our family out there the pain that men go through emotionally, physically, spiritually, what happens to them when they have an abortion in their past. And you may have married a man that is post-abortive and you want to help him to heal. And um, Greg is a great person to get in touch with for that. We'll be unpacking more fully the impact of abortion. We know the impact on the little one, but the impact on men. Now, how does that how does that differ from mm -hmm. the impact on on women being a man, masculinity, what you were involved with, what you didn't prevent or what you sowed into, and how that impacts men, how they look for healing in all the wrong places. But uh, as he said, he used that phrase from pain to purpose, pain to purpose. So there is pain, but God brings a purpose out of that. Did he want what took place? No, but God uses everything, all things, and works them together for good for those who love God, who are fitting into his purpose. And that's critical. Come back to God. Come to God and, and embrace the Father. Embrace the Father wants to love you. And, and forgive you and set you free and give you a purpose. And as St. John Paul II said, perhaps even become an eloquent spokesperson on behalf of the gospel and life. Greg Mayo was making an incredible difference in the lives of, of men and women, but especially men. And they're being raised up for this time to be witnesses to the gospel of life. The Eucharistic Congress 2024. Visit EW10.com forward slash Eucharist for more information. Registering through our link will give you a discount. So check it out. We'll be right back. Very important show today. Don't go away. Welcome back. We are at home with Jim and Joy. And today our guest again is Greg Mayo. He is an author and speaker who has written an incredibly important book on the impact that abortion has had on men in our culture. That great book is called Almost Daddy, The Forgotten Story. And you can get this book. It's a novel on EWTNRC.com. And Greg has also worked with the 12-step program in the healing ministry and incorporating that with abortion. So he's also worked and written on that. But also you've done white papers research with support after abortion, and you found a lot of information on the effect 
of men in our culture. So support after abortion, I'm sorry, babe, commissioned this study? Correct. Okay. Gotcha. And it was conducted by Shepherd Research out of mm -hmm. Oklahoma City. Um, and then I, I helped draft the white paper. Okay. And, and it, it was so amazing, the, the findings in this, because so much of it validated my own experience, mm -hmm. but, but also a lot of it flew in the face of what we hear out there culturally, right? Right. Um, and just a couple of high points, 57% of men in this study said that they didn't have a voice or a choice in, this dish, uh, in the abortion decision. Okay. Mm -hmm. so over 70% said that they had, they experienced negative impact within themselves after the abortion. Over 70% folks. Here, here's where it really gets interesting. 83% of men in this study said that they tried to find someone to talk to or could have benefited from talking to someone. Right but only 18% knew where to go for help. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you tie all that together. Yeah. What we've got is a lot of hurting guys that didn't have a decision, and now they have this pain and don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we often hear as well on the, on the women's side of it, if I had one person that I could have spoken to and that would have walked me through my crisis pregnancy, if I knew the resources or whatever, at least this is what they say, I think I would have chosen differently. I didn't have like one person, you know, that I was, was dealing with. That's what you're saying with the men as well. You know, there's no, where do I go? Who do I speak with? Who, who can I share with about this? But I wanna, let's speak a little bit more about the impact. So, I mean, that's a word, it's a catch-all word. Yeah. And I guess I, I keep thinking, because we deal more with women than men, myself included, so you're a challenge to me to deal more with, with, with men, post-abortive men. But I'm just wondering, is the impact different with men than women? I'm sure there's common things, but the impact, how this has touched a man, because he's masculine, and a woman who's a nurturer, um, what's the deal with the impact on men? How does it impact them? How does it affect them? Well, there is a Venn diagram kind of thing with men and women, right? There's overlap in issues and whatever. Yeah. But what I've found with a lot of men is that uh, the first thing they feel is anger. Now, the reason for that is in a lot of situations, the first thing a man feels is anger. Like, I don't know what to do with whatever this feeling yeah. is. Uh, but what we find is that behind anger is usually fear. And, and then the fear, where does that come from? Fear comes from shame. Shame, then you back that up. And what we end up with and this is not in the white paper, by the way, yeah, I gotta okay. say this. This is, um, we'll call it anecdotal from guys I've talked to over the past 15 years. But the biggest, the first and foremost job of any man is to what? Protect his family, yeah. right? right? So whether you initially thought the abortion was a good idea, whether you fought against it, whether you didn't know till after it was done, it matters not. What matters is your child died and you didn't do anything to stop it. And so that brings with it shame. And we understand the difference between healthy shame and toxic yeah. shame, right? right? Healthy shame is I did bad. Toxic shame is I am bad. A lot of men experience toxic shame. Toxic shame leads to acting out behaviors. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. You feel guilty for what you did, so you do it again right. to cover up the feeling of shame. And then that, right. and it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. And so guys turn to uh, addictive behaviors um, sometimes substance abuse. And here was one that was really startling with guys I've talked to. A lot of times there follows after an abortion experience, sexual dysfunctions, um, serial sexual relationships, porn addiction. And a lot of people think, well, wait a minute, you experienced abortion, let's say you argued against it. Why would you then right. act out sexually? 
Well, it's simple. It's something I can control. Yeah. That's what guys say to me over and over. It's something I can control. Yes, I understand pornography is not real. But in my mind, and these are guys that have experienced healing and understand how to talk about it, right. but they say, in my mind, I can control what's going on. If I only date somebody for a day or a week or a month or whatever, then I can keep that distance so I can't get hurt again. Mm -hmm. She can't have an abortion. She can't mm -hmm. because she's, she's gone already. And so that's a weird thing that we've had to learn how to kind of deal with. And so I've partnered with organizations that work with men with those kind of addictions. I'm, I'm really, you know, we've talked for a couple of days now. I'm really big at staying in my lane. Yeah. And if, if a guy comes to me and is experiencing pain in some other area, I don't just say, well, good luck, bro. Hope it works out. Mm -hmm. I want to connect him to somebody that I know is going to be able to help him with that area too. Yeah. And th that's so much a part of the ministry that you're with because like 83 different groups, organizations that are tied into that support after abortion. So if you can't do it directly, you know all these other ministries that are doing that so that they can get the best hearing, the best treatment for what they're going through. Yeah, and that's one of the beautiful things about support after abortion. Mm -hmm. They created this database. Um, we talk a lot about in the organization options-based healing yeah. that meet the client where they're at, mm -hmm. a man or a woman. Do you want religious healing or secular? Um, even with some of our materials, do you want it in Spanish or English? Uh, do you prefer virtual, in-person, one-on-one, weekend retreat, yeah. and whatever it is. And so, so Board After Abortion has groups that we facilitate, but our thing is, let's find out what you need, yeah. and then we'll connect you with that. It may not be us. We may not have the right material for your needs, so we're going to connect you to who does. Well, and when we had Lisa Rowe on our show, who did the whole thing on support after abortion, and she works with you all, she was talking about how so many people in the culture now need healing and hope and to need to be restored, but they don't want it from a religious standpoint of view. They, and and, and that, was kind of, that was like shocking. Like, how do we heal? How do we do that then? Well... You know, I did a webinar with Support After Abortion with a guy named Father Sean who um, really addressed that very well. And I wish he was sitting here with us because mm -hmm. he's so eloquent. But, and, and so is Lisa. But the, the thing is, we have to meet people where they're at. And, and so what we find is that a lot of times men and women impacted by abortion have other wounds from childhood. A father wound, a mother wound. They were abandoned. They were abused. A lot of times they suffered church abuse in whatever church they grew up in. And so to tell somebody who, say, had a bad experience with a pastor or a deacon that's hurting now, a decade later, hey, you know what? You should go talk to your pastor. You should go talk to your priest. Mm -hmm. Well, you just lost them. Yeah. In fact, the men's study that we're talking about showed that 7% of respondents said that they would go to a clergy member for help of, of male 7%. respondents. 7%? Mm -hmm. 7 mm -hmm. um, That's a problem because, in my opinion... It should be the other way around. At least 93% should yeah. say the first person I go talk to is my priest or a deacon or a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so, but then we provide religious uh, programming. 95% of all abortion healing programming is religious yeah. forward. Right. So we're kind of we're, we're kind of not really helping people. The other thing, Joy, to your point, is what we we're learning is that, and this is not a bait and switch thing. I had somebody mm -hmm. say that to yeah. me. It's not. But mm -hmm. what I know about healing and recovery from pain is that if I help you heal. If I can bandage that wound and stop the bleeding mm -hmm. and get you a little relief, yeah. now we can take a breath. Now mm -hmm. let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Father Sean talks about having the 
ability to help somebody but still live out Christ. Mm -hmm. Let the Holy Spirit work through you without trying to make them accept. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. so you do that, and eventually, and I've seen it over and over, you mm -hmm. too, eventually people will ask, so what's, wh what's with you? Right. Yeah. And that's when it opens up the door. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the great story of love winning. Yep. You're going to love them in. Um, because, like you said, like their injury may have happened in the church. And the last place they want to go to is, well, we're having a meeting tonight. And it just so happens to be at the Baptist church down the street. Well, I don't want to go there. You know, it's like, and that's why even some post-abortion healing groups happen in homes. Yep. So that it's not that, it's not this religious connection <laughs> with it. But everybody in that group might be religious or faith-based, but they're going to love and heal and restore that person um, on their journey with the great hope they do come to find Jesus. And that, so in the book, um, one of the characters stumbles into a, not stumbles into, that's the wrong way to put it. He walks into a bar because he hears a band. Mm -hmm. What he doesn't realize is that it's a Christian band and it's the beginning <laughs> of an abortion recovery group mm -hmm. <laughs> in a pub. I didn't put it in there like that yeah. to somehow glorify pubs or whatever. Right. I yeah. wanted it to be what you just said, the right. idea that this can happen anywhere, folks. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, uh, a meeting room in the library, out mm -hmm. in the park. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to see some kind of experiential thing where a bunch of guys were on kayaks on a lake for a day and, mm -hmm. and the meeting happened somewhere around yeah. that, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we were speaking about the impact and we're speaking about healing. And I guess I just wanted to underline that, you know, this is, abortion's a sexual wound as well as a spiritual wound. Mm -hmm. And so you, you were mentioning pornography coming out of this, uh, you know, many uh, partners, um, I remember when I first got involved speaking about abortion as a pastor, and I didn't want to address it publicly. I was afraid it was going to hurt someone. Yeah. And a woman come to me, and she was just sharing with me about a number of things. And then she said, you know, I, I need to have a hysterectomy and so on. So I said, oh, well, you know, have you had some precancerous cells or what's going on that you need this? And she finally came up and she just said, you know, I've had an abortion. So I said, well, why do you need a hysterectomy? But her thing was, you see, it's a sexual, she wants to get rid of the reproductive part. Mm. That's where she, and I said, this woman's saying this because she had an abortion. She thinks she, I mean, that's when I woke up. This is a, this is a tremendous wound, a sexual relational wound. So it works its way out in other relationships. Hear from women that can't enjoy a sexual relationship once they're married or with others because of this abortion and what took place, afraid of their own children. They'd be able to harm their children. Yeah. You shared in the mm -hmm. first episode, you know, you were concerned about how you would deal with your own children. Speak to us about healing, because the impacts are just you know, terrible impacts that take away so much joy in relationship. You know, it's all, how could people be healed? Well, so the first step is, is, is the first step, right? You admit there's a problem. Now, it seems oversimplified, mm -hmm. but it's a huge thing mm -hmm. to first acknowledge that, that there's a problem. The second thing is, and I tell men this day after day after day, my healing journey may look different than yours. Here's what I've learned on my journey. So I'm not a clinician. I'm not a priest. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a, a pastor. I'm a guy who has gone through a bunch of stuff yeah. and I've learned a bunch of stuff. And so what I share is what I've learned. Yeah. So with that background, yeah. I, you know, I make sure yeah. I, I tell guys, look, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what you should do, yeah. but here's what I did yeah. what worked for me. That's right. 
I'm laughing a little bit because you just came across to me, believing you know, as like one of the apostles, because they, they're like, we're, we're, we were, we're just regular guys. I mean, we're fishermen, and we met this guy, you know, Jesus, and we had a lot of stuff, but you know, we're being healed. This is my testimony. This is what happened. So yeah, you're not a clinician. You're not whatever. I've been, you know, I've been touched in a particular way to find healing from this pain and purpose in and through it. And you know, it's funny when I wrote my first novel, I told my dad, I said, nobody's going to read this. He said, why not? And at the time, I was a carpenter. Okay. And I said, well, I'm just a carpenter, Dad. He said, you're a carpenter that likes to fish. Mm. Jesus <laughs> likes that kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, finding healing is, for me, you can't do better than calling Support After Abortion's helpline or going to their website, supportafterabortion.com. You can live chat with somebody. And our volunteers are trained mm -hmm. to ask the right questions to help you find the right solution. And the other thing is, and, and this is the most important thing for guys, because I see it over and over, Jim, you can probably speak to this too with dudes. They open up that wound and they share something about it. And then something in them goes, ah, close that quick, walk away. So keeping them engaged, you know, which is what, what it, why we talk about getting them plugged in early. Mm -hmm. um, for clinicians, for clergy, for whomever, you know, at the organization, we talk about the four steps when encountering somebody that's been impacted by abortion. What are they? The first one's examine your judgment, mm -hmm. right? Everybody's got judgment. We all do. It, it, you're never going to get rid of that. We're humans and we're flawed. What do you think when you think of a man or woman impacted by abortion? What do they look like? Where do they live? What do they dress? You know, whatever. Kick that out because the second step's impossible if you're judging mm -hmm. them. The second step is walk in compassion. They have to know you care, not pity, yeah. compassion. Mm -hmm. I care about what you're going through. I care about what's happened since your abortion in your life, whether that led you down a path of drugs, whether you're living on the streets now, you're in prison, yeah. whatever. The third thing is, and this is crucially, vitally important for men, invite them to share their story. Mm. A man shares with you and you say, I I'm really sorry for your loss, Jim. W would you like to share your story with me? Yeah. Well, and, th and they tell you their story. And then the fourth thing, and, and maybe equally as important as the rest, connect them with healing. Don't heal them. I'm not saying that. Some guys misinterpret that. No, no, no. I can't heal anybody. Mm -hmm. What I can do is connect you to somebody that can. And, and, and to do that, I have to be compassionate enough, non-judgmental enough. I have to really listen to your story to understand what it is you need. And then you got to know the resources. That's right. the key. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to take a break at this point and hold you over for the final segment. This is just so very, very helpful. Almost Daddy, The Forgotten Story is the novel. Go to www.ew10rc.com to get the book, almostdaddy.com for Greg's website. So we'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back. Well, we're going to wrap up our wonderful conversation that we're having here with Greg. And Greg, tell our family, you know, you're so involved with support after abortion. How did you become their chair, being so involved in the, the men's ministry there? 
Great question, Joy, completely by accident. Because uh, God does stuff. Or design. Right. Um, the funny thing is, when I finished my novel, I literally, when I sent it off to the editor, I threw my hands up in my home office, sort of grandly looked at the ceiling and said, all right, God, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, three years later, I started, I, I got connected with him and I started volunteering. And then I started doing consulting work. And then in January of this year, um, they brought me on full time mm-hmm. as the men's healing strategist. And I chair the national men's task force. But I'd be honest with you guys, if you would have said three years ago, hey, you know what, three years from now, you're going to be a full-time nonprofit worker <laughs> and da-da-da-da-da-da, I would have said, okay, who are you? Yeah. It, but yet, God said, oh, do what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, I got a, okay, I got a free pass. Well, here, here's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's been the most amazing thing. The ability to collaborate with other people that have the same passion for helping men and women find healing mm-hmm. uh, has just been amazing. And with the men's task force, it's a group of men. We get together once a month. We try to drive men's curricula. We vet men's curricula because not all of it's good, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, we try to figure out what's the next thing we need to be focusing on. Right now, a big thing for us is getting more male volunteers into pregnancy centers, mm-hmm. more males to facilitate yeah. groups mm-hmm. because there's more and more men coming forward. Right. Thank God mm-hmm. that they're coming forward. Right. Um, What's the most important thing you want our audience to know, want us to know about the post-abortion healing ministry overall? What do we need to know? Well, we need to accept the simple fact that one in five men, at least, will be, will be impacted by abortion by the time they're 45. Now that 20% of men need healing. And if you start doing all the numbers, which we won't do right now, because um, it'll make my head spin, but if you start doing all the numbers, there are millions of men that need healing. Mm. We have to get that message out there that healing's available. And we have to get healing out there that meets men where they're at. We mm. talked about Keys to Hope and Healing, which is a support after abortion six week study, right. that we have a secular version and a religious version. We need more non-religious forward options for men. We have to heal men. If we heal men, we heal our country. Mm. Amen to that. That's the truth. So uh, in closing, where do people go to get the information that they need? Your website, supportafterabortion.com, both of those? You can go to my website and, and find my materials and, and handy coffee mugs. However, mm-hmm. if you go to supportafterabortion.com, yeah. there is such a wealth of information. There's training videos, there's client-facing videos. So if you want to go through it and, and kind of have a video walkthrough, we have what I call the dot chart. It's a, a database of providers from around the country and, and some of them globally now that, that, that have options so you can kind of pick and choose and figure out what works for you. I mean, there's just so much and we add more all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. that's where I would start my journey, supportafterabortion.com. And if people wanted to have you come and speak, like we're directors at a pregnancy medical center, to speak at banquets and, you know, ways that they can get in touch with you, should they just go to almostdaddy.com or supportafterabortion? I would send them to supportafterabortion.com, click on speaker, um, Mm -hmm. and they'll be able to connect with our team that handles that. I do 30, 35 speaking gigs a year. So Mm -hmm. uh, having a team that helps kind of organize all that's a a really Mm -hmm. big thing. Mm -hmm. But... And, and I go all over the country. So we have other speakers too. Lisa Rowe yeah. also goes out. But my big thing when I started my recovery journey 15 years ago has never changed. Yeah. 
I found healing, I found relief, I will go talk to anybody, anywhere, mm. if I think I can help them. Mm. We're gonna Thank conclude you. right there. Thank you. You are a gift to the church by God's mm. grace and by God's mercy. Thank you for Thank your witness you. in verbal form, written form, and we look forward to seeing, or maybe a movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. So God bless you, dear brother, for Thank sharing with us. Thank you both, I appreciate it. It's Almost Daddy, the forgotten uh, story, available at EW10RC.com. Uh, Greg's website again is almostdaddy.com and supportafterabortion.com, right? Yes. So that's the other site, critical. We want you to know the resources. If you're directly needing them or if you know somebody else that could benefit by them, and that's part of the most important thing is that we, people just don't know that there's such help available. So we thank you for being with us today. Altogether, we will build a new culture of life, marriage, and the family, and Jesus Christ and his church will prevail. Bye now.